Hey, hello everyone. Good afternoon. My name is Bill Vitiello. I am the Director of Institutional Relationships and Marketing for the Victory Bank in Limerick. Welcome to Chamber Chat Live, or if you're taking it via podcast, we appreciate that as well. Um, but either way, thanks for joining us. We are in season eight, believe it or not, <laughs> season eight, and this is episode eight. We have one more episode to go in this season, and uh, we were just chatting about next season. I think you're going to want to tune in, just saying. So uh, anyway, thanks again for joining us. Um, we have the president of the chamber back today. Eileen, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence. <laughs> Thank you for that you're, warm introduction. You're doing the um, uh, FTPD to today? Yes. Yes, that's, I am. Yeah, I have not been right. one to do from the president's desk in quite some time, Yeah. Uh, but wanted to join you before season eight concludes. Uh, you touched on it. I want to thank you for your time this morning. You know, not only do you volunteer your efforts in front of the camera, uh, you know, sorry, sorry once, about that, everyone. <laughs> twice a week, not once a week, but you also, you know, are really dedicated to this program. And I want to thank you for your time this morning. I, I do think we have some really cool things, yep. you know, coming up for chamber chat. So we look forward to getting all of that started. Um, you know, we're going to probably take a spring, um, little slight summer hiatus, but then we'll be back with all of these great new options. So mm -hmm. looking forward to telling everybody about that. Thank you for the well, kind words. Great. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I, again, can't thank you enough for getting this started. And, you know, here we are, um, yeah. you know, we just hit March of March of 2022 this year was um, three years. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, wow. Anyway. So quick so thing from my desk today is just to uh, really give everybody a reminder, um, just acknowledge the annual dinner. Uh, it is in two weeks on April 27th. Uh, we are looking forward to a great night uh, celebrating all, the, all across the board. It is our 95th anniversary. We have special recognition for people, actually all of the chamber membership that will be in attendance because they have helped us still be here uh, after the last two years as well as for 95. So we felt it was really worth uh, toasting everybody uh, for that support and also acknowledging everybody in the room that night. Uh, some special recognitions. Uh, we are going to recognize Baron Schultz, uh, Schultz Technology. He's our chairman of the board from 2018 to 2021. Uh, we haven't had an event or the annual dinner event since uh, 2019. So we really haven't had a, an opportunity to acknowledge him in that way. Uh, so we're going to be doing that. Everybody that watches Chamber Chat regularly should know Drew Griffin, uh, Delicious Marketing. Drew has been our behind the scenes um, partner with this program for uh, quite a while. So we are, again, would have done this probably a year or so ago, but we are going to be recognizing him as Volunteer of the Year, uh, which is, you know, well-deserved. Uh, we're recognizing Montgomery County Community College as our Chamber Champion Award. Uh, they have gone out of their way to really help us uh, provide space for our Leadership Tri-County class this year. We are talking with them about some options for um, a Chamber Chat-like program uh, that is more community-focused uh, and really is just going to be a great partnership that will help their students. 
Uh, and then, you know, we have a speaker. On top of all of that, we're actually having uh, a keynote speaker. So I have a copy of his book. Um, I always do this wrong. There we go. Okay. You got it. <laughs> um, Push by Johnny Quinn. He is a U.S. Olympic bobsledder from the 2014 bobsled team. Uh, he spent some time in the NFL and the CFL, uh, has a great motivational message for thinking like an Olympian. Uh, so we're looking forward to, again, just across the board, just a great night. So April 27th, Rivercrest Golf Club social hour uh, networking begins at five o'clock. So. so anybody who is either watching or listening, if you've never been to the annual dinner, it is quite the event and it's everything that Eileen says it is. <laughs> and more um, for a few different reasons. One, because of the programming, um, always very interesting speakers. Uh, two, we get to support those who are supporting the chamber in many different ways. Um, then three, it's an opportunity for you to reconnect and connect with folks who are at the dinner. I think, what do we, what's the attendance you said was over 200 at this point? It is, right? yes. And yeah. it's, you know, again, we want people, we did started this a couple years ago, you know, we want people to have it be a fun night out. Uh, we are casual. Uh, jeans are completely acceptable at this event. We want people to feel like they're going out for an entertaining evening. So, you know, we encourage people to, you know, even take a change of clothes. If you're a suit and tie person at the office, you know, mm -hmm. come and relax uh, and really enjoy your night uh, at the annual dinner. I know I'll be wearing my skinny jeans. <laughs> Please. No, no you, don't wanna, you, you, don't, you don't want to see that. You do, Trust you, me. Bill. <laughs> Trust me, you don't want to see that. <laughs> well, that's great. So I'm looking forward to seeing everybody uh, at the annual dinner on the 27th. Um, Eileen, what's, if, they, yeah, if they want to attend, they need to get their information in as quickly as possible, correct? They, yes. We have yes. to have, you know, unfortunately, venues have to order food and be prepared. So we have to get counts into the venues. So the sooner you register... Uh, the better. So yeah, yeah, that's a thing. Most definitely, yes. <laughs> yes, that's a thing to get get uh, get the preferences in. So correct. All right, great. So, anything anything else you want to chat about? Nope, just happy to be here. Great to see you again uh, yeah, twice to today. You. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but great pleasure. To see pleasure was all mine. Believe me. Thank you all for tuning in, and uh, again, we'll we'll be seeing you soon with some exciting news. Awesome. So. Well, thanks, Eileen. Appreciate it. This has been fun. You signing off? You don't have a pen or anything? I don't. Just I grab do, one. but it's nothing there you exciting. Go. There you go. At least you grabbed one. That's I fine. Did. I'll be signing off with a Victory Bank pen today. There you go. Off, so. I do have chamber ones. I should have grabbed one. That's all right. All good. All good. So. See you soon. See you later. Take care. Thanks, Eileen, for being on and give us a quick update. Again, annual dinner is a great event, so uh, please join us. Get your information in if you haven't already. Okay, so this is great timing for our next guest because next week is National Volunteer Week. And there's nobody better to talk about volunteerism than my next guest, who is with the American Red Cross. Please help me welcome Lynn Cohen. Lynn, welcome to Chamber Chat. Thank you, Bill. So excited to be here. Thank you for having us. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Thank you for wanting to be on. This is great. Sounds like the chamber has a lot of great things going on. So uh, we <laughs> congratulations on the 95th anniversary and the eighth anniversary of 
your chamber chat. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're doing good things. We look good for 98, don't we? Good, mm, right? Yes. Right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so, Lynn, so for folks who don't know you, please introduce yourself and what you do for the Red Cross. Sure. My name is Lynn Cohen, and I'm a senior recruitment specialist with the American Red Cross. I've been with the Red Cross for a little over three years now, but I, I love working with volunteers. So my main role is to help people find their passion, connecting them to their purpose, and really just getting them engaged with what we do in the community, which is alleviate human suffering um, in the face of emergencies and disasters. Uh, a lot of people know us for bloods and floods, but we do so much more. Yeah, and I'm I'm so glad that you said that you help people, uh, you know, align with their passion because, you know, if I'm somebody from the outside looking in and I'm saying, wow, American Red Cross is kind of a big organization, they really don't need me, sort of thing. One, and then two, as a volunteer, I may not know what where my skill set lies or what I'm capable of or not capable of. So, if you wouldn't mind, maybe just let's just take take me from the beginning. If I'm somebody who wanted to volunteer with the Ameri American Red Cross. What does that conversation sound like? What's the beginning sound like, if you don't mind? Sure. So there's a couple of things we could do. I mean, I like to have people check out our website because all of our available volunteer opportunities with position descriptions are available there. And that's at www.redcross.org backslash volunteer today. So it would show you um, some of the high priority positions, but it also has a role finder quiz. So you can go and find... Um, it, it gives you a little quiz and you can find what you're passionate about or what's a good fit for you. So the nice thing is, is we typically, the recruiters will talk to you about your schedule. We'll talk to you about your interest and we'll talk to you about, do you want to sit in front? You know, do you want to be on the front lines responding or do you, are you, do you prefer to be behind the scenes? The nicest thing about the Red Cross and a lot of our volunteer opportunities are, is that they're very, very flexible. Uh, for instance, a blood donor ambassador, we ask folks to volunteer one uh, once a month and the shifts are four to six hours. So it's not a very heavy lift. And the nice thing about being a blood donor ambassador, which is someone who meets and greets folks and manages the blood donor experience at our blood drives is, is that you picked the shift and you pick the drive that's convenient for you that you want to volunteer at. So you might see there's a church down the street that's close to you. You might want to be a blood donor ambassador for that. Or there might be a business that's um, near your house or your office that you would like to volunteer at. So it's a very, a very flexible um, opportunity because we want to find the right fit for people because we really want our volunteers to stay with us. And we always need volunteers. Um, and, and we'll touch a little on that a little later about all the major disasters. You, you look at the news every day, there's a tornado, something's happening every day. So uh, we have a constant need for volunteers. Yeah, and, and when I saw that you were coming on here, I was really excited because you, you look at you look at the American Red Cross and you're looking at this iconic symbol of a Red Cross and you're always hearing about the Red Cross, but you don't necessarily see behind the scenes or you don't see the people. And even especially folks like yourself, you don't necessarily you see or get a chance to talk to you. So I'm glad that you're bringing this human element to this large organization that certainly needs help from its community for its community. 
Yes, so 90% of our workforce is volunteers. Um, We have over 300,000 individuals uh, across the country, you know, who really selflessly give their time, their talent, and um, we could not achieve our mission um, and what we do without them. So um, they really are um, the heart of everything that we do. Uh, We respond to over 60,000 disasters every year and support the collection of about 40% of the blood supply um, to um, the hospitals. And a lot of people, like you talk about behind the scenes, don't think about, well, how does that blood get everywhere it needs to go? Um, We have an opportunity called a blood transportation specialist, which we really could use um, more of right now. And that's, again, it's like a you pick a route. It's like a four-hour shift. Um, We ask you to do two to four shifts per month, and you're either delivering blood from our processing center to the hospitals, or you're picking up blood from our blood drives around the community and taking it to the processing center. So again, that convenience, that flexibility for people's schedule is up to them. So very silly question here. Uh, Do I, are there any, besides a driver's license, are there any special requirements that I would need? transport yes. blood yeah so um and and the cool thing about transporting blood too is you can sign up to use a red cross car so you would have to have a clean motor vehicle record for the past three years and you would have to take one of our defensive driving courses so the thing with the red cross is any opportunity that you have with us you are very well trained so we like everybody to be um, on the same page. We want our volunteers to know exactly what they're doing. Um, so we definitely uh, make sure that everybody's prepared to go into whatever role that they seek with us. Yeah, and I know the the need for volunteers has never been greater. Um, you know, unfortunately, we're seeing more and more natural disasters. Um, so can you talk about, I know there's a lot that happens in our community here, but is there ever a need for folks outside of our community and do you help coordinate that as well? So we do. So when um, disasters happen across the country and you'll probably have seen some news stories, we have some very dedicated volunteers during uh, the tornado outbreak in Kentucky, right at the holiday season, we had volunteers deploy. So we do train volunteers. You come in, you um, join our disaster services team and you're very well trained. And if there is a need that comes in from these other locations that, that request our assistance and support, we do deploy volunteers for up to two weeks to those assignments. Volunteers have the option to extend their stay, but we do cover all the cost of the travel food and lodging when a volunteer is deployed. But you do have to get trained to do that. It's not like you can just call us tomorrow and say, oh, I want to deploy to uh, Texas. I saw, you know, you have a meet, there's tornadoes down there. That's not kind of how it works, but that's why we're recruiting people now because 2021 was one of the um, worst and most active uh, hurricane seasons with over 21 named storms causing about $80 billion worth of damage. So our job is to prepare people, you know, to one of our lines of services. We prepare uh, within the Disaster Cycle Service Program about how to be prepared for a tornado, how to be prepared for a winter storm, how to, and we have apps for this too. 
on our website and you go to any app store, you can find a tornado app. You can find the hurricane app. You can find a first aid app, all free from the Red Cross. So it's interesting that you mentioned um, when some of these disasters that happen outside of our community that you need to be trained first, obviously, to go to these different, do you, do you find folks are, and I think maybe if I've experienced it, which is maybe why I'm bringing it up, is that, <clears throat> excuse me, you're so emotional about what is happening and the propensity for you to be involved right away is so strong that you you almost literally want to drive there. You want to maybe help tear through some rubble to recover something or to help somebody who's injured, whatever whatever it is. So what do you what do you say to somebody who does have that emotion or that propensity to do something right away and is a person of action and they do have to step back and go through a little bit of training? Well, sometimes so that there are other opportunities. So during those events, sometimes we have what's called event-based volunteers. So if it's a, a strong disaster, that local area will have event-based volunteers. So people can come and they can get trained like the day of to help in certain opportunities and places. So typically um, the Red Cross volunteers aren't the ones tearing through the rubble. They're the ones setting up shelters. They're the ones sh setting up feeding opportunities. Um, they're the ones helping to be the recovery client caseworkers who are helping folks um, get connected to resources to help uh, rebuild their lives. So um, there is sometimes opportunities for those event-based volunteers, but um, we would rather have people start our training and be prepared so we could reach out to them. And that's the other thing is, you know, we just don't call folks and say, hey, can you go here tomorrow? Um, we use a whole system where folks put in their availability. So if they say they're available um, from this time, so April till June, then they're only going to get called during that time frame. Uh, so, and then also if they're local disaster action team responders, so, you know, there's a lot of local fires in the, um, uh, Philadelphia and our southeastern Pennsylvania region, which makes up the five counties, um, you know, there was just a multi-family fire uh, event in Montgomery County yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, that displaced, I believe it was about, and I'm, I'm going to say about 50 people. So um, we need disaster responders to be trained to go and help those folks in those moments uh, to provide them the financial support or clothing support or a place to to stay, lodging support. So um, yes, there's, there's always a need. Yeah, so I know there were three positions specifically I know you wanted to discuss. The first was the blood transportation specialist. You already went over that slightly. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about with that particular position? And then feel free to touch on the other two. So with the blood transportation specialist, I mean, it really is an important role because you are actually delivering the gift of life if you are delivering it to the hospitals. I mean, those are there are folks, you know, who sometimes are waiting on surgeries until um, that blood gets there. Um, so they have it. Uh, you know, we've heard uh, there's, I mean, there's cancer patients, there's mothers who, um, you know, childbirth, there's all kinds of uh, accidents, gunshot victims, um, people who need blood every single day. 
In fact, I think the statistic is uh, every two seconds, someone needs blood. Every mm. two seconds, someone needs blood. So, you know, we're really grateful for the folks who donate blood um, because that's a big deal. I mean, for COVID shut down a lot of our blood drives and um, we kind of had to pivot and figure out how we were going to do that. Um, you know, with the social distancing. So we really appreciate everybody who stepped up and, and our repeat donors, those people who can come back every 56 days to uh, give the gift of life and blood. And we also have a sickle cell initiative right now. Um, we're looking for, you know, people of color to donate and be part of what we call a blue tag program. And that's where they get tested to see if they can help sickle cell patients if their blood is a match so they could help the folks who need that specific type of blood. Uh, excellent information for that. And then so the second position you have here, I'm reading from the website here is a disaster action team member. Can you describe that a little bit? Yes. So these are the folks who get that call and respond immediately. So you um, are trained and then you put in six hour shifts once a week that you're available to respond. So if you're only available on Saturday from 10 to 4, that's the only time that you're going to get a phone call from us if there's a need for a response. And you're usually the first person on the scene to help the family and provide them with that hope to give them that financial support that they may need um, to help find lodging or just to get them through, you know, that immediate moment um, so they have, you know, hope to go forward. And again, to alleviate that suffering in that moment. Um, so, and then you can get trained further as a disaster action team member to get um, deployed, to, to get on a list or a roster for deployment. And again, you only get deployed when you say, you know, you're available. Now, when you are a disaster action team member and you are on call, they do ask you to be available to respond within 15 minutes because we, you know, we can't have people say, oh, I can be there in two hours. That's not how it works with the Red Cross. We really need folks who are reliable and really are able to get out that door during their on-call shifts. Yeah, that's that's good to know. Um, can I can I ask a, another side question is, you know, we talked about the physical part of it, right? So if somebody was in some, some sort of disaster that you're trying to coordinate efforts for lodging or financial support, how about the emotional support of things, um, not only for the volunteer who may be seeing something for the first time or is just so overcome by emotion at a particular scene, but what about some sort of emotional support for the folks that are going through it as well? Yeah, so we have um, a whole part of our disaster cycle service team is our disaster health services and our disaster mental health team and disaster spiritual care. So we are definitely there to help people and provide them with that support. Uh, they will be assigned a recovery client caseworker and that person helps them. So maybe, you know, they lost their medication, maybe they need to re, re, get a new driver's license, you know. So those folks are there to help them um, really rebuild their lives and, and get on the path to recovery. So, yes, we provide that as well. That's excellent. And we need licensed professionals, yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't have that as, a, as a, one of my high-priority needs, but especially during disaster season and hurricane season, which is coming, 
Um, we definitely need registered nurses to help in the shelter environment because sometimes, you know, um, I've heard stories where, you know, people walk for miles after a disaster to get to a shelter or to find help and they may have cuts and bruises and be bleeding. And so it's really important that we have um, registered nurses there to help those who have that need. Mm -hmm. Very good. And then the last one you have here is a disaster action team uh, duty officer. Can you describe that one a little bit? Yeah, so the duty officer position is a virtual position. So anyone who wants mm. to stay at home, they don't have to respond. They are kind of the linchpin of keeping that whole disaster response together. So they obviously are trained very well. And then they are someone who has, you know, ability and skills to make assessments and to understand what kind of response is needed. So for a multifamily fire, you know, they would probably be reaching out to four, five, six, seven, eight, just depending how many volunteers to get them on site uh, to help folks. Um, and then they, they are the people who receive the phone call from the fire department or the police department saying, hey, we need the Red Cross to respond. Can you come? You know, and then so that that starts a whole process from the duty officer doing that critical thinking, um, looking in, seeing who's available to respond and really makes the assessment and make sure our response aligns with the need. Yeah, thank you for that. Very thorough description of those uh, three roles, which I think is great because people need to know what they're getting into, right? They need to be informed before um, you know they actually jump in. Um, but again, like you were saying earlier, if these three roles, um, if you don't, if you're listening or watching this, you don't feel like those three roles in particular align with you, I would encourage you to either reach out to Lynn directly or visit the website where they do have, um, what were you calling it? A, was it a navigator or a quiz or something? Yeah, we have a role finder quiz. A role finder, yeah. Yeah, so. To um, see what might be best, go ahead. Yeah, so, you know, I say with the Red Cross, I mean, at any given time, you know, front, 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 of, front facing and behind the scenes, we probably have over 500 different volunteer opportunities and positions. Um, so we, we really have something that can fit you know, everybody's personality type and interest and desire to give back and make an impact um, and provide hope to people in need. So um, whether you want to be behind the scenes in logistics or workforce engagement, or you want to be front of house, you know, helping on our community outreach teams, uh, helping us recruit more volunteers, or doing these three positions that we need now, um, especially the blood transportation um, getting the blood to where it needs to go to the local hospitals in your community. Um, yes, we, we probably have an opportunity for everybody. And a lot of our volunteers do more than one opportunity. You know, they might do a blood drive, be a blood donor ambassador, but then also do um, a blood transportation specialist where they're doing a route every other week or something. So we can... We can help you with that if you want to do more or if you just want to do one thing. And we've had volunteers who start out doing one thing and then a year later decide, oh, I want to try something else. And I think that's the beauty of the Red Cross. And, you know, we want to keep our volunteers engaged and we want to have want them to have that opportunity to learn about our different lines of service and all the different opportunities that are available to them. Well, all this has been incredibly informative. Um, we have a few moments left. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about the American Red Cross or 
your role or any other call to action, Lynn? Um, I would just say, you know, please check out our website and um, go to redcross.org backslash volunteer today. These three priority positions that I talked about are going to be there for you. All you have to do is click an apply now button and that will start your application with us. Someone will reach out to you, discuss your interest further and get you on the path to volunteering with the Red Cross. That's awesome. I would encourage everyone to visit that website and uh, also take a moment to acknowledge the fine work that these folks do in the time of uh, tragedy and disaster. So, Lynn, thank you so much for being my guest today. This was wonderful. Thank you for having me, Bill. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Sure and have, have a great day. Yeah, thank you. All my best to you and the organization as well. Thank you. All right, everybody, that has been this episode of Chamber Chat. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, season eight, episode eight. My name is Bill Vitiello. I am the Director of Institutional Relationships and Marketing for the Victory Bank in Limerick. And until we connect again, all my best. Bye for now.